Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hi, and welcome back to our next episode of Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. And today we're really excited because we have another guest. And our guest today is well known in the twin and multiples community. She is a rock star lactation consultant. Her name is Lindsay Castiglione. She is an international board certified lactation consultant, IBCLC, and she is a mom of two sets of twins, guys. Okay, throughout her experiences feeding each set of twins, she wished she had had a lactation consultant who really understood the unique challenges and circumstances that come with breastfeeding multiples. Amen to that. This inspired Lindsay to pursue a career in professional lactation work, and she's earned the highest level of certification available. And she's opened a private practice that focuses on supporting families via telehealth with twins, triplets, and more. So your business is called Full Hearts Collaborative, and I love the yeah. work that you're doing. I am so happy that we've been able to connect over these past like couple years, I would say. 100%. Yeah. I could have used you. You know, I think that uh <laughs> Selena and I have shared our our feeding story on a previous episode and we both breastfed in some capacity and Selena did it for several weeks, you know, got that good liquid gold colostrum that the babies need. And I survived it for about two weeks of latch. And then I turned solely to the pump. So I know when I talk to clients on the phone a lot, I hear them pumping in the background, right? I I, I like hear that noise and I'm like, (laughs) yep, mama's pumping. (laughs) So we are so happy to have you today. Was there anything else you wanted to share about yourself? Like, how has your business grown and changed over the years? Yeah, um, it has definitely grown. I can say that for sure. I opened and saw, you know, like a couple sets of twins a week, maybe. Now I'm up to about 20 sets of twins that I see weekly. (laughs) Weekly or bi-weekly. But, you know, and I also see like local in-person families like on a very limited basis because honestly, I have so many twin families virtually that it's just hard to take on like the local business, but it's still fun to like actually get your hands on babies still. So, but yeah, it's definitely grown. Um, You know, I try to do what I can with social media to get the word out, but you know, it's, it's, that's a learning curve in itself, but you know, insurance coverage has really made the biggest difference, I think in the growth of my business and for pretty much any lactation professional, because there's so much lactation care that's covered 100% and virtual as well. So I often see families and they don't pay anything out of pocket. So what a gift, right? Like if I could have thought, you know, back in, in the day, if I could have seen someone and not had to worry about like that financial piece, man, that would have been a game changer. So yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest things that's expanded the business. Also, they don't have to leave their home. Like I remember looking for a lactation consultant and the thought of packing up two tiny infants and driving 45 minutes, it was not in my wheelhouse to do that. 
And so when you can stay in the comfort right. of your home yeah. and eliminate that factor, I think that's huge. Do you yeah. feel like there's any difference comparatively speaking to getting the hands on the baby or, you know, showing mom like in person, like how to get that latch um, in person versus virtually, or is it all the same? You know, there, there isn't a huge difference, but in some of the ways I prefer virtual because I, I like to be hands off even in person with moms, because if I feel like if I'm helping latch their baby, like, and I leave, they're not going to be able to necessarily replicate that. So I'd rather talk them through it. So like they have that muscle memory of doing it themselves. And I've also kind of did, over the years developed all these little tricks for using virtual care. Like I have people send me specific videos from specific angles that I ask for of babies latching, feeding. I can tell exactly how efficient they're being, you know, just by watching their swallows and the way their mouths move and all that. Um, the only thing I can't do is a weighted feeding. And so that's something where the lactation consultant would weigh your babies, then you would nurse and then weigh them again. And the difference in grams is how many milliliters they took in. So that's one piece that, you know, that we don't have right in front of us. But really, there's so much besides that that I can do that it it really makes little awesome. difference, I feel like. I would have loved that. I had a lactation consultant help me in the hospital after the twins and... Let's just say we weren't the best match overall. Um, maybe my journey would have been a little bit different. I just feel like she was too hands-on. And mm -hmm. for somebody who was a little bit on the fence from the beginning, I was like, oh, God, can you just, just back up for one second, please? Like, I think me doing a video would have maybe been better for somebody like me and my personality. But that's just my my two cents. Yeah. No, honestly, the amount of um, rerouting of people's feeding journeys after what they've encountered in the hospital is a big part of what I do. Okay. That's good to hear. <laughs> you know, and the lactation consultants at the hospital, they're overworked for sure. They have so many families that they're trying to see every, you know, every day. And they usually are also functioning like in an RN capacity in some way as well. So I think we have um, a problem where like not good expectations are given to pregnant women about what to expect, right. From lactation at hospital, at hospitals. And I wish that moms just expected like maybe a five minute, like high visual check the latch and they go on their way. That's about what we can expect at best, you know? Um, at worst, we get someone who is really hands-on or judgy or has no idea what they're talking about, especially when it comes to twins, mm -hmm. um, you know? And, and then they get set on this path, these moms, and, you know, it's just really frustrating for me to come across that and I feel like I had to undo damage that's been done. Yeah, that I'm sure that would sound very familiar to many people. So, okay. Yeah. Just going to jump into sort of like a Q&A. We have several questions here that really I think Stelina and I put together just things that we were curious about ourselves, maybe inside our own journey or questions that we've heard from clients or other twin moms. So I had a very, very good supply of milk right? Naturally, just was a really great producer. Was I just like lucky? <laughs> Do some people, you know, <laughs> is breastfeeding an option for everybody? Or is there some people who just inherently have a low supply and there's like nothing that they can do about that? There are definitely cases of that out there, probably more than what research really has told us so far. And so I think that misleads especially some of the older school lactation consultants and just saying things like, 
very few people can actually not breastfeed. You know, it's PCOS is like a more and more commonly seen, and that's like an endocrine um, disorder that causes you know causes cysts on ovaries. That in itself can affect your hormones enough to disrupt a milk supply completely and make it so you barely produce anything. But are we told that at the OB, if that's in our medical history? Like, no, that's not a commonly known um, risk factor for lactation. So there's definitely things like that, like circumstances where our body, like maybe our breasts just didn't develop in the way that is ideal for like ductal tissue, like those ducts to form. Um, down the road, that happens sometimes in puberty, and there's not much that we can really do to alter that. But there is a whole separate faction of those who are really trying to increase supply that can't, where it got derailed somewhere in the beginning. So in the first, like, two weeks, we have this ability to kind of set the stage for our supply. And what kind of stinks for multiple moms is that our births don't necessarily mm -hmm. go smoothly. <laughs> We don't necessarily give birth to full-term babies that don't have to go to the NICU. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen in those first 10 to 14 days that put breastfeeding on the back burner or put pumping on the back burner and to no fault of theirs, you know, but it is definitely 10 times harder to make up for that lost ground down the road. And so if we miss out on a lot of the stimulation in that time period, it does kind of lower the feeling, I would say, of how high we can get with supply. It doesn't necessarily mean it's doom and gloom, um, but you definitely would want to be working with someone who knows what they're doing in order to help you like not waste any time in getting your supply up if that's what you want to do. But yes, there's definitely cases where no matter what we do, I've had moms pumping 10 times a day that just can't make more than, you know, 15, 20 ounces. And obviously with twins, we need a lot more than that. And it, you know, it breaks my heart because they're trying so hard. But when it comes down to it, we're lucky that we have other options to feed our babies. And I just kind of help guide them through and, and make sure they know that it's nothing they did. I Definitely. Think that's really, important. That's really uh, great information. I did not think about all the aspects that, you know, twin moms really do struggle with in those first two weeks or longer. You know, we're talking about having unconventional Timelines of bringing babies home, NICU stays, traumatic births, all of those things. So it's really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. So let's say a mom is producing and she wants to increase supply. What are some, I don't know if there's some tried and true ways where you're like, this is definitely going to do it or, or it varies by person. But like I made the lactation cookies. I was using fennel oil. <laughs> I remember that. Like I, I had looked up everything and... Who knows if it worked? I don't know. But I'm curious. What what do you see that works to increase supply? So it's not an <laughs> exciting answer, but the most important thing is to figure out why. We have to figure out why the supply is low. If we don't know why, we you could do all the things and miss that one mark and not see a difference. So finding out what is going on, you know, little things like retained placenta. And especially if you have two placentas, it's much more likely that you could have like a tiny little fraction that stays behind. That will totally, you know, keep your milk from coming in fully. So you could be doing the, the you know, drinking the teas and taking the supplements and doing all the things. But if we don't figure out the root cause, then, you know, it's all for nothing basically. So 
the best way, if you are doing all the right things and there's no medical issue, the best way is to increase stimulation, which is, again, <laughs> not the quick, easy answer. So it's not a magic tea, really you're saying. Can you it's just eat not, the cookie? It's, it's not. You know, it's all hormonally based. All of our, our milk making, our production is based in hormones. So we need to raise our prolactin levels in order to see an increase in milk. Unfortunately, eating cookies and drinking teas, that's not going to change your hormonal like balance, basically. So that's why like, when I see stuff like that, and like the certain drinks, like, yes, it's important to stay hydrated, of course. If you are dehydrated, we can see that affect supply, of course. But if you're overly hydrated, that will not make you produce more milk has nothing to do with it because our milk is made from our blood. It's not made from the contents of our stomach, wow. if that makes sense. That makes complete right. sense, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking herbs and, you know, certain targeted supplements, because there's definitely some that I recommend based on, like, a person's medical history, of course, you know, you could be taking those herbs and that could help increase your prolactin levels. We could see that, but it does take some time. And if we're not having enough stimulation, if we're not making sure we're getting, you know, around the clock, emptying either by pumping or by nursing, then nothing really will make that much of a difference. That's so interesting. That's great. No, that's really good advice. So it's not the blue Gatorade or the... <laughs> oh my the Oh my God, is that a thing? Oh, well, you know. Oh yeah. Body armor, greater than like all these drinks out there. And like, it's really predatory yeah. marketing if you think about it, mm-hmm. like all these products that are out there because they know moms are desperate to increase their milk supply. They want to feed their baby. So of course they're going to buy That's all right. these products, especially when they have all these like false promises written on them. And how do we know any different if we don't have like, you know, years of, of experience in lactation? It's totally understandable to, to yeah. not know Love that. any better. So yes, I, I wanted to ask what specific tips do you have for mothers who do want to breastfeed um, and are having twins specifically? So the best thing that you can do is prepare prenatally, mm-hmm. 100%. So, you know, taking a class that's specific to twins, that's really, really important. There's still value in taking a, a regular breastfeeding class when it comes to things like latch and, and that sort of thing. But really a twin-specific class, like the classes that I teach, I there's no need to take an additional class. I cover everything that you would need to know, plus like everything's twin-targeted. And there are other classes out there. But even better than that is doing like a prenatal consult with a lactation consultant. Mm. So when I do those, I take someone's complete medical history. So I know right off the bat, like if they had PCOS, we can go into feeding a complete, like a, with like a targeted, you know, plan basically that could help override some of the things that might negatively affect supply. So being prepared as best we can, you know, we all know as twin moms, like, there's nothing that fully can prepare you for what it's like to have those two babies. Um, But I can tell you that you don't want to be trying to figure out breastfeeding with two hungry babies crying in front of you, right? Like that doesn't sound like a recipe for success. So I would say the prenatal stuff, uh, making sure you've got that behind you. And then something that I talk a lot about with expecting moms is those first four to six weeks are incredibly hard. We think of them as like boot camp and it definitely 100% gets easier. But if you can look at that time frame as like an investment in like the future you, the future, you know, health and well-being of your family, 
if you can just push through the exhaustion, because I get it, I know how hard it is in the beginning, and be working with someone who can guide you along the right path, it will pay off immensely down the road. And not everyone has the resources to do that, you know, necessarily, or we don't have the, the privilege to be in a situation to be able to focus so much on feeding in that way. But if you really want to breastfeed, that would be something that would be helpful to help get you through that rough time is just think like, okay, four to six weeks, I'm going to push through this. It's going to get easier. And, you know, like a three-month-old baby nurses for 10 to 15 minutes, and it's a pretty reliable schedule for the most part. We're not washing a ton of bottles. We're not washing a ton of pump parts. You know, there's so many benefits if we can get over that mountain. It's just, you know, that beginning part of it's tough. Awesome. Those are really great tips. So like if an expectant mom is listening to this and she wants to take your, you have like a prenatal class, like a prenatal breastfeeding course, is it um, held live or are they recordings that she can purchase? What is, what's the offering there? So they are live right now and I only do them like once a month, which I, I wish I could do them more, um, but I have so many people that I'm working with along the lactation ends that it's just made it so that it, that's as much as I can do right now. And I do hope to have it recorded at some point and, you know, do on-demand type stuff. But at this point they are in person or not in person, I'm sorry, they're live, but virtual. But then, you know, as far as the prenatal, visits go. I do those virtually all the time and they are covered by insurance as well. Yeah. You definitely need to get that recorded so you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. Um, (laughs) I would love that for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know. I know. It's like one of those things where it's like, ah, this could be so easy, but no, you know, I'll just make it harder for myself. (laughs) You'll get there. So I've, I've seen you answer this question before, and I find it so fascinating and very, very knowledgeable. What bot and Selena and I have talked about this where we just were like, oh, we're pregnant with twins. We're going to just register for these bottles because they look cool. Um, and I'm going to get every set and every extended pack. And that's what I'm signing up for. And I also shared that one of my twins had a very, I don't know if it was like a shallow palate or something of the sort, um, but she would not take those bottles. So I had to look into getting other types of bottles. And we, we stopped trying to latch after about two weeks. But if a mom is like, hey, we want to do bedtime bottle because I just need a break at that time of day or the middle of the night feeding, what's the best bottles do you recommend for like a combo fed baby? What are those bottles? Hey Twin Mom, we see you. When we say we get it, we really do. At Tweet Dreams, we are a team of sleep consultants who are also raising twins at home. Our twin sleep coaching packages are specifically tailored to your babies, making the journey of teaching independent sleep as stress-free as possible. Trust our years of experience working with twins so that you can feel relieved that the answers lie with us. Start by booking your free discovery call to learn more because we can't wait to meet you and help you with your sleep goals. You can find the link to book your call in the show notes. So I think that the funniest part of this is that if a bottle is marketed, you know, just like the breast, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, it's probably one you want to stay away from. So if a bottle has like pretty much like a flat surface with like a, think of like a pencil eraser type nipple coming out the top of it, that what they're going for is what our breasts may look like at rest, right? When they're not in a baby's mouth. 
And so it looks like a breast, quote unquote. So, you know, it seems yeah. to make sense to most people, but in actuality, we want a, a bottle nipple that is like a compressed, elongated shape, like how a baby shapes our nipple when they have it in their mouth, when it is in their mouth correctly, I should say, because those shallow latches are what um, causes all that pain. And really, if you are using uh, a bottle that promotes that shallow latch, it definitely can 100% translate into um, their latch becoming more shallow at the breast too. So the ones that I like, Actually, Dr. Brown's are one of the best bottles out there, believe it or not. They're super common and easy to find. So there you go. That's an easy find for everyone. Um, staying with the, the slowest flow nipple that you can is always preferred because we don't want babies developing a flow preference where they love that really fast, easy to get milk, and then they go, you know, mom tries to nurse, and it's just a lot more work for them. So we want to kind of replicate the level of um, challenge that a baby has. So the Dr. Brown's uh, Evenflow Balance, are those are amazing bottles, but they're really hard to find because lactation consultants love them so much, I think. Um, but they seem to be out of stock frequently, but they're great. Pigeon, which is a brand you can find really easily on Amazon. It's an Australian brand, but it has a great shaped nipple. Lansano also makes a good bottle. I think those are the main ones that I prefer. No Como Tomo. Ugh. <laughs> those are pretty no. popular i know uh, yeah yeah no it's all good i use tommy tippy i didn't know any better uh i think selena used komotomo but she also I tried um, it i used um philip's advent um a lot mm -hmm. i think honestly i just so the, used whatever those, i had <sighs> right right and sometimes you do have to like shop around so to speak to find a bottle that your babies will take for, for sure and it does often have something to do with palette shape so you're on to something with there. It's usually a high palette though that, that causes the issue. One of my twins preferred, I had bought everything from Tommy Tippy, and then when I, I used a Spectra 2 pump mm -hmm. and it came with bottles and she really preferred that design for whatever reason. But I was like, the sooner I can get two babies off of two types of bottles would be really, really uh, helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. 100%. Um, especially yeah. with other caregivers involved. So yeah, that was a struggle that... I definitely had and can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to look for bottles that have like the minimum amount of pieces because obviously if we're washing times two, like the MAM bottles, they have a lot of little pieces and their flow is super fast. So I always tell people to stay away from the, the MAM bottles as well. And did you know that the Dr. Brown's bottles with the green insert, you can take out that insert and not use it with that and they, they won't leak. What's it designed for? It's supposed to like reduce gas, anti-colic. Honestly, babies are just gassy little beings, like regardless of what we do. I think it is marketing, but it's, it's two pieces that insert and it's just a lot of little crevices and they're a pain to wash. So if you don't need them, your babies aren't like overly gassy to the point where it's like a constant issue. I would just take them all out and just use the bottle and the nipple as it. Interesting. That's great advice. I know that's one main complaint with those bottles is all the parts and pieces. Yep. I wanted to ask quickly, um, what are your thoughts slash suggestions for a mother of twins who's kind of on the fence about breastfeeding? So that was me. 
um, FYI. <laughs> I yeah. like, you know, was just, okay, let me get the twins here healthy. Like, and then I'm going to worry about everything else. Like later, maybe I'll breastfeed. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll pump. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't. You know, I just was like, we'll see what happens. And ultimately I ended up pumping for about eight weeks. Um, and I don't know if it was a combination of just not having the support or and not having enough desire either. Like I was just so tired and so drained and I had a C-section complication and, you know, they brought my kids straight to the NICU and um, I okayed this. They gave them formula and they were fortifying their formula, their breast milk, sorry, with the formula too, which I also okayed. You know, they asked me and everything and I, I had my twins were four pounds and five pounds. So I was like, just, I don't know, make them bigger, do, do something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah. And I briefly touched upon the fact that I, a lactation consultant came in to help me and, you know, she was a bit abrasive and it was probably not what I needed at that moment, like postpartum, just already being so emotional. And then like, you know, I'm sure she was just trying to help, right? Like doing her job, but she basically just like stuck one on my boob and just like came right up on me. And I'm just like, not that kind of girl. And it didn't work. And the baby was freaking out. (laughs) Yeah, no, the baby was freaking out. And I was like, uh, like, get away. I'm already like nervous. Um, maybe I'll try this tomorrow. Like, bye-bye. Yeah, I don't think any kind of girls like their yeah, um, body parts. Exactly, adults, right? So you're not alone. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to, but you're not sure, you're on the fence, right? Yes. So I would, again, do some research, do some learning so that you kind of have a better idea of like what you might be getting yourself into, but also like what would I miss out on potentially if I chose not to, or what would we gain if we did go ahead and breastfeed, like just kind of looking at like the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. But, and this is something I talked about in my prenatal class, you can totally combo feed from day one, if that's your plan. You just need to know that it's not typically sustainable over a very long period. Like if your goal is to, to provide milk for 12 months right out of the gate, then combo feeding in the beginning might negatively affect your supply so that that's not possible. But your body is going to make milk and it will continue to make milk for, you know, at least weeks, if not months with not the ideal amount of stimulation, you know? So if it were me and I were on the fence, I would say, well, I'm going to give it a try, see how things go. And any amount of milk they get has benefits to it. Mm Mm-hmm period. So, yep. And that's kind of where I landed actually. Um, you know, and that's just kind of what ended up working for me. I gave them what I could and I'm happy with, you know, the decision and what happened there. And who knows, maybe if that lactation consultant was a little bit more gentle, maybe I would have lasted a little bit longer and like actually breastfed them more than pumping because pumping, oh goodness, like that was a job in itself. Seriously. <laughs> it is, it is, but you know, it is so popular right now it is. for twin, for twin moms to choose like right out of the gate, just exclusively pump. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable. You know, you can see exactly how much you're giving and I can see the benefits mm-hmm. to doing just that too. Yeah. I think it is in a lot of ways more manageable than latching is in those first four to six weeks. But again, it is definitely more work in the long term. If you're thinking about that three-month-old baby who will only feed for like 10 to 15 minutes, you know, 
you will always have to find the time to pump, the time to bottle feed, the time to wash everything. And so it is like long-term, it's more of a time commitment. But I too totally get that the enticing factor of like, you can schedule to some extent, you can schedule twins in the beginning if you're pumping and bottle feeding, because we know how long, you know, we know how much they're getting and approximately how long they're going to sleep based on how much they drank. Whereas with breastfeeding, like you can, they can be getting a snack or they can be getting Thanksgiving dinner. So I always tell mm-hmm. people we don't really know, unfortunately. So it does make things a little bit more just kind of, you know, variable in the beginning, which if you have the support and resources to navigate that, then awesome. But we don't all. So, you know, pumping is a good option if for nothing else, for sure. Yeah, sleep deprivation one um, in my case. And, you know, when you sat there for two hours trying to feed them, and then by the time you were done, they were hungry again. Mm. Um, I just, I couldn't you know, and so that pump was a saving grace. I'm glad that we have tools and things that, that we need. It was like an attachment of my body (laughs) for the first six months. Yeah. So I really struggled with latch. Comparatively speaking, my twins, one had a really sort of painful, uh, strong latch and another one who was more comfortable yet wasn't strong enough. Um, mm. I ended up using a um, like a nipple shield right out of the gate. Um, I don't know if it's like my anatomy and like the structure of my nipples, but they weren't as alert as they should have been, I guess. So that was what I used for at least two weeks. If I would have con- continued to nurse, how would I have transitioned? Is it possible to continue to nurse um, and ditching that nipple shield? Yes, I have a whole protocol that's called ditching the nipple shield. <laughs> Actually, I have ten different I things that. that we can do. Yeah, because um, I too, my first set were thirty weekers, so we were in the NICU for seven weeks, and the only way I could get like four pound babies to latch was to use a nipple shield. You know, they're just it's it's difficult to hold on to a breast for a baby that's that tiny. So the nipple shield just gives a little bit of structure to the nipple, which can be helpful in those types of situations. It's never my first line of defense. Um, and they are handed out like candy in the hospital. I will say that. And they're mm-hmm. not even really. That's where I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's a quick fix for, you know, for a nurse in the middle of the night that doesn't have a lactation consultant nearby. I get it. I get why it happens, but in reality, like they, have been shown to reduce milk transfer a bit. So babies are going to get less milk when they're using them. So we don't prefer. And then it's like a pain in the butt, especially if you have two of them and you're trying to tandem nurse. Oh, goodness. They're clear. You lose them in the middle of the night. You're patting around in the sheets looking for it. You know, you go out in public and, oh my gosh, I forgot it. And if your babies won't latch without it, like that's pretty scary. So a couple of ways that we can get off of it the bait and switch. That's one of my favorites. So that would be like you (laughs) latch the baby, you let them each baby um, tandem or individually, they nurse, it's going to naturally kind of draw out your nipple, form it a little bit better. Um, Once they've gotten that initial letdown, and they've gotten like a little snack going on, you unlatch them quickly, take it off and then relatch them again. And really use your hand to kind of compress the breast almost like if you think of you would um, squish a burger down in order to get a bite. You know, you're kind of making it formed a little bit. 
so that it's easier to get in the baby's mouth. So I would take the nipple shield off, form the breast with my hand, and then immediately, you know, try to get the baby back on. That works a lot of the time. And just kind of then moving that time up so that you're taking it off sooner and sooner. So, okay. Yeah, that's one of the easiest ways that you could do it, like without a lactation consultant to help. Awesome. I love that. So I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on formula feeding in general? Um, do you really think it's inferior? How do you feel about combo feeding? Or then maybe that mom that's like, I have twins and I'm just going to call it, you know? Yeah. I am, And I've had many a conversation with a mom in that situation. And they were so thankful that someone like, for lack of a better way to describe it, like gave them permission to stop, you know, like mm-hmm. told them like, you have done such a great job and you have given your babies all this milk, but you have to think about like that mental health of the family as a whole, you know, what is serving the best for your whole family? You know, if you're running yourself ragged and it's just not working the way you want it to, like, it's totally reasonable <laughs> to make the call at that point. You know, mm-hmm. we have to do what we have to do. And I will say it a million times, like any amount of milk is amazing for them. Great. But, you know, I don't have anything against formula at all. In fact, I use formula frequently with my families because there's a place and a need for it, mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, what I think about, you know, the benefits or the the risks. So, there are clear health benefits to breastfeeding. So that's, yes, it's always going to be preferable, you know, if your babies can get breast milk in a science sense, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's like such so many more circumstances that are part of the bigger picture here. And I think that's one thing that as a twin lactation consultant, you know, someone who, where I focus on twins, like my sense of flexibility around combo feeding, around supplementing, all of that, I think is genuinely different than any other like singleton lactation consultant because they just get what it feels like to mm-hmm. be in a situation, you know, where like you, the last thing you need is someone to make you feel any sort of way that's not positive about feeding your babies, you right. know, like that's right. not what anyone needs. So there's definitely a place for formula feeding and, you know, there's, we just have to feed the baby. And that's the most important thing. Right, right. No, that's super helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. So much guilt involved, whether you breastfed a day or two years, probably at some level. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and especially with twins, it's a whole other ballgame. So thank you for that. I have a question. Is like tandem feeding like the really like the way to go? Is it ever like this is the goal um, for you to be like a pro tandem feeding mom or to sometimes doing it solo individually just work better? Like, what does that look like? So I think, again, that's another one of the discrepancies, like with typical lactation consultants, I think they all think that you have to tandem feed. I hear that over and over again from people at the hospital that that came home from the hospital and heard that from lactation there. Like, you want to breastfeed twins, you just have to tandem feed. That's the only way to make it work. Um, in reality, tandem feeding is really difficult. And if you are a first time mom trying to figure out breastfeeding for the first time, that's like the fast track to burnout. If you expect yourself to tandem feed for every feeding. So the way I teach it and the way I do it, um, 
it's really, it should be a goal if you want it to be, you know, but again, like I'm there for whatever the family wants, whatever the mom wants, but because it's, it obviously saves time. I mean, we can't get around that, that it's efficient, right? But there's a lot of things that have to go into place first. We have to have the supply. So, you know, establishing supply in the beginning, that's way more of a focus than working on tandem feeding, I would say. Um, what I usually tell people is, Tandem feed once a day in the beginning, even if like you still have to follow up with the bottle or, you know, you still have to then individually feed as well. It's just like practice, you know, and just kind of like getting your feet wet with tandem feeding. Individually latching each baby is really the ideal way to do it just because you get to know each baby. They could nurse completely differently. They could latch differently. Uh, just like you're saying, like you're two had really different latches. Mm -hmm. You know, so you kind of have to figure out like which tricks work with which baby. It's also easier to ensure that they're getting a good full feed, as we call it, when we can focus on them one at a time. You think about trying to focus on two babies at once. It's easy to be working really hard to get one baby latched. And then all of a sudden, oops, you just realized that the other baby's been unlatched for the last, you know, 40 seconds. <laughs> you didn't, that, that type of stuff happens with tandem feeding in the beginning. It's hard to keep both babies actively nursing for an extended period of time. The way I, it, the analogy I use with people about tandem feeding is if you were nursing one baby and someone handed you like a catcher's mitt and wanted to play catch with you, like mm -hmm. you'd need to catch a ball and nurse a baby at the same time. Like it's really difficult to split your brain into two things, you know, without having yeah. a good concept of just one. So get to know each of that them individually, sense. feed them back to back. Always. We always feed the squeaky wheel baby first. That's the one that wakes up and shows hunger cues. And then we're immediately going to wake up the second baby and feed them as baby well. B. Mm -hmm. Baby B, yep. Shout, shout out. <laughs> Mine was baby A. Oh. Um, okay, you're second, tipping the scale. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we did, you know, so we did an episode on baby A and baby B. It's just funny to see, like, you know, it's if the stereotypes really fit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So down the road, if it, if it's, something you want to do. And there are certainly moms that feel overstimulated by nursing two babies at once and just genuinely do not want to tandem feed. Totally fine. You know, this is whatever your picture is, like whatever goals you have, that's what you should be working towards. Not anyone else's idea, not whatever the hospital lactation consultant told you was the way that it has to be, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's tricky, but it's doable and it helps to have someone who's done it before so that they can really help get you comfortable because it doesn't have to be uncomfortable and, you know, feel impossible to get set up by yourself. There's, there's strategies to make it work. Awesome. Um, I think I just have one last question and that's, you know, if you're just getting started with your nursing journey or you haven't given birth yet, like, are there some things those moms need to purchase? No, not the things that are you know, marketed towards breastfeeding, um, you know, in a, like a nefarious way, but uh, like, is it the twinsy pillow? Is it a regular boppy? Is it, I always thought I should have had one of those Haka or Haka uh, manual Haka. breast pumps yeah. that never knew how, what to do with the other boob when, when it was just shooting out milk and the, when I was feeding one, I was yeah. like, nobody told me any, what I'm supposed to do. Right. Um, so are there, are there like a couple you know, things to stockpile and that you see most of your clients using? So 
you definitely want a pump, like a good pump. So we want something that's been vetted. Like I know I've heard you mention the Spectra before. Like that's the Spectra is really the best pump out there that's available, like and widely covered by insurance. Um, we don't want a wearable pump as our first line. And I get that question all the time because twin moms, we, we think like, oh, that I can just put in my bra. I can be doing other things at the same time. Like, yes, there's definitely convenience factors going on there. And there's, there's a place for a wearable pump in the right situation, you know, but we always want to start with like a good traditional powerful pump. Um, and the Spectre is a great place to start with that. Medela used to be the big name. They make a hospital grade pump called the Symphony that you can rent. That is a, a good pump, but the other pumps that they've made, that they make are also widely covered by insurance, but are not great and are pretty um, not reliable as of the last few years. So I would just stick with the Spectra. So there's that hands-free pumping bra, absolutely. And bring it yep. to the hospital with you. I Amen. tell people to plan on having to pump. And if you don't, awesome. But the majority of twin moms are going to be pumping those first few days. And if you're in the hospital with two babies, you don't want to be holding those flanges, you know, like anyone who's pumped and done that before. Like it's just like, miserable. Yeah. Don't so do awkward. That. Right. Don't it's do awkward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hands-free pumping bra, bring it with you. You want the right size flanges. So yep. any pump comes with flanges that are probably a 24 millimeter and like a 27 or a 28 millimeter. Um, I can tell you in all the thousands of nipples I've seen, I've seen a true 24 less than five times. <laughs> I use so, 24. That's funny. Yeah. So I it use was probably 20. wrong though. I mean, maybe. Right. It probably was, to be honest. The average is a 17. <laughs> Ooh, whoa. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't use that. Yeah. I mean, they go, you can get flanges down to a 10 or a 12. Oh, wow. Because think about like a 24 is about the size of a quarter. So is your nipple the diameter of a quarter? No. No. No, No, much smaller. So, you know, we've just come so far in the last few years knowing better about how to pump efficiently and comfortably. And so you want a flange that fits you. And that's something that I do virtually with patients, I flange fit them um, in the last few weeks of pregnancy, pretty much any time for twin moms, anytime after like 30 weeks or so, um, it's totally fine to be measured and then buy flanges that fit accordingly. You don't want to start off pumping with the wrong size because you could really do damage long-term. I think I you did could, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I did that. A lot. No, because I remember I would just use whatever was there and I was like, whatever, right. it's fine. It hurts, but I'm, I'm over it. And then, yeah, yeah. that would have been yeah. good to it know. It shouldn't hurt. Yeah. It I think I, hurt. yeah, I'm paying for that. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so the Haka, the damage like, is done. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, hopefully not literally because it does, I do see that mm-hmm. too, like long-term damage done from plan sizes that are incorrect. So you don't want that. Um, the Haka is a good tool, but honestly, even better than that for catching the letdown on the other side is like more of Haka makes something called a ladybug. And it's like a collection reservoir that you can put inside your bra. So you're mm-hmm. not like the regular Haka is just unwieldy. It's really easy for like a baby to kick it off or for you to like, you know, move your arm incorrectly and it just falls and then you lose the milk that's in it. Something that can fit inside your bra while you're nursing on the other breast. That's the way to go, in my mind. The twinsy or boppy oh, yeah. or... Absolutely. Everyone needs a twinsy pillow that's having twins. It doesn't even matter how you plan to feed. Totally. <laughs> right? Yeah, if you... 
go follow Lindsay on TikTok. She's got some great how tos uh, with that twinsy pillow. Love that yeah. for you. Yeah, because so, it, um, it's, it's super versatile. There's so many uses for it. But I will be honest, like it's very smushy. And so there are certain ways, like on TikTok, I show like how to use additional pillows or rolled up um, blankets or burp cloths to help get it in a better position mm-hmm. to use. Um, Because if you just use it as is to breastfeed, like you'll probably be hunched forward, leaning over and it will Mm. fill your back. So you want to raise it up to breast level as you're getting the babies latched. But yeah, you can do so many things. I mean, I show people how to burp two babies at once using the twinsy and lay them over on their bellies and pat their backs. There's just, you can use it as a lounger. There's so many things to use with it. So yeah, definitely. I definitely like the twinsy. Yeah, no, I think that's great. It's not a laundry list of items. You just need like a couple things, right? <laughs> Hands-free bra, a good medical grade pump, something to catch the other letdown, and a nursing pillow, right? That's that's it. Yeah. And I mean, lots. You want to have some bottles that are, you know, good for breastfed babies, like we were talking about earlier, because most twins, in some capacity, need bottles in those first few days. I mean, it's. That's the reality of it, um, or the first few weeks. A lactation consultant, that's another thing that you need. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> a, sleep, a sleep consultant and a lactation consultant. Yes, yes you need, we need all of those things. Yeah. Exactly. That's the village, right? You can hire the mm-hmm. village. They can come through on your computer screen, yep. you know, get you through those tough days and nights. I think it's so important. I love that you're a resource out there. I like kick myself that I was so underprepared um, and it was really something that I wanted to do. I hope you can listen to the episode that we share about breastfeeding and feeding in general. And there's just so many ways that, um, especially in the States, we're just not supported with it right? Mm-hmm. And going back to work and things like that. So if you're listening to this, I hope that you found this um, episode informational and helpful. I know I did. I was like, gosh, why didn't I think of that? Or I wish I would have known that. Go and check out Lindsay's online seminars, her classes, her virtual support at fullheartscollaborative.com. And yep. she's on Instagram. She's on TikTok. And thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really love this. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys, till next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help.